Hello, everyone. You're listening to The Michael Amade Show, episode 426, the most important episode. I was wrong. Yesterday, I spent the day editing and finishing this project, um, committed the whole day to it, and it was worthwhile, except I woke up later this morning, not having to go to school again because of the weather, and uh, just exhausted. I always feel exhausted after creating something, and I've been spending the last few hours trying to develop a good concept for today's podcast, and I started working on something that uh, I actually think will be very valuable at some point here in the future, but then completely was pulled in another direction by happenstance. And I've now stumbled across one an idea I think would probably be one of the most important ideas that I have shared on this podcast. And part of it is me realizing that uh, I feel like I've been wrong in the past. Been wrong about uh, some things I've been teaching in my own classroom. I've been wrong about how I've approached some things. This really resonates with me on a deep level. I want to expand the idea, but I want to share it with you first. This is, once again, the concept is beauty, but not in the way that it's used now. I want to start first by talking about men's fashion. Have any of you noticed over the last couple decades, I should say, that more and more men dress like children? We dress in you know baggy clothing, khakis. We wear flip-flops on all times of the year. That we wear graphic t-shirts. Things that basically 13-year-old boys, 12-year-old boys would wear. We wear them now for our entire lives. And some people might not even own a shirt that buttons up. You know, where comfort be- kind of becomes the... Uh, just the end-all be-all of everything. Now, I have nothing against comfort for sure, but really it's just this lack of a style. It's an anti-style style, which is is still actually a style choice. But we see people now who are just not taking care of their appearance at all, not caring about it, not caring about how they're projecting themselves to the world. Now, there's this type of selfishness that really comes into this. And uh, it is, like I said, a very childish kind of perspective. But then we also need to realize it's a rejection of a certain type of value. It's a rejection of something in our culture that there is a code for us to live up to. In fact, what it's really been about is taking any idea of there being a, an external authoritative source of fashion, of beauty, of conduct in one way or another, and it has removed it from any external authority and put it firmly within the domain of ourselves. Now, it's really easy to talk about men's fashion here because I think men are very prone to just falling apart when it comes to this, when there's no external pressure. I've been guilty of this in different times in my life, but because we don't have it, because we now have self-agency, then we start to justify it. Like, well, I'm not snobby. Well, okay, fair enough, but that's not necessarily what this is about. This is about now us having full control, but then also us not stepping into and owning that control. We're not actually taking full ownership of the aesthetics in our world because we don't have any context as to to why we should be given that, um, that control or what we should do with it. That actually goes right back to education. We are now taught in this day and age about 
the truth, quote, as far as uh, biology, chemistry, math. You know, these are things we can say are true. Sure, we might get into some things in music. We might get into a few things in art. We might get into a few things in literature and in English. But as a product of our school system, I can say it's not much. We're not taught aesthetics in the broad sense. And where I've been wrong is through my work in connecting with children, I always ask them, what do you listen to? What do you like? And then my whole kind of modus operandi has been to say, what you like is great because you like it. Let me show you how to make what you like, or let me show you what they do, or let me expose you to some new things that maybe you like as well, which is a very inviting approach, obviously. And it does work and it does produce dividends. But there's something that I'm starting to kind of dance around, which is this idea that there is such a thing as real beauty. There's a, such a thing as real aesthetic and something that makes us reach higher. And there are many things that are fake beauty. The best metaphor I heard about this was the difference between the muses and the sirens in Greek mythology. Whereas the muses helped us aspire to music, to art, to poetry, to all of those things, to create divine and beautiful things ourselves. The sirens, the counterpart, lured us to our death through, the, through their singing, right? And I think the metaphor is really powerful there because the lesson is that real beauty aspires us to create and aspires us to an expanded life and an expanded reality. And the sirens, the false beauty, it calls us to our death and to our end. That the real beauty pulls us and, it, and aspires us to love. And false beauty aspires us to lust. You see the difference there? That the that um, beauty attracts us and pulls us towards, whereas false beauty seduces us. Now, it's very easy to kind of lean into to either side of that, but I guarantee you, as we move towards the false, we move then towards all the things that end humans and cultures, we should say. Now, I do want to expand because a lot of these ideas have existed in a very European, uh, Christian-centric kind of educational system. There is also something where we can pull this out and say, okay, of course, now that we're expanding ourselves um, into being able to be more of a global citizen, to be able to see the beauty that exists all around us in different cultures, we can absolutely say that aesthetic beauty can encapsulate those, those other things. It is not just saying we need to be completely Eurocentric. That's not remotely what I'm saying. What I am saying is the lack of education around true aestheticism, being able to recognize beauty, being able to see that there is such a thing as an external standard of beauty that we can then see and realize that we're ordering our life correctly, that we're ordering our life in a way that's going to lead us towards love, not towards lust, towards life and expansion, not towards death. That, that is a, it's, it's something that can be very valuable. It doesn't mean we're putting someone over us, that we have someone in charge of us. 
it does mean that we're starting to see from the long line of people who lived before that there are certain things that actually deeply connect to the human spirit. I'm going to be delving into this idea more, but that's the thing that I wanted to get across. Real beauty aspires us to love in an expanded life. False beauty are the, th- and I think a lot of pop music and things like that fall into this. They aspire, they aspire us to lust and ultimately to our own death and destruction. Just as the short term always hurts us in the long term, and the long term, if we really commit to it, helps us uh, ultimately. I think it's very much the same sort of concept. At any rate, I think to me, that's one of the most important ideas I've put out here in a long time on this podcast. I'd love to hear your ideas. If you want to send me a message, you can. MichaelAmade.com in the contact form. <clears throat> Excuse me. If you find yourself being creative with poetry, lyrics, or short fiction, consider listening to my radio show. Call in, share it. We have a great community there. World Poetry Open Mic. We broadcast every Friday at 8 p.m. Mountain Standard Time. You can find us at World Poetry Open Mic. But for this podcast, the next episode will be tomorrow. So until then, keep living authentically and keep living creatively.